Hi, this is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And uh, today I have the great pleasure of uh, welcoming back Dr. Dimitrios uh, Natsiudis, who is at uh, the Division of uh, Gynecologic Oncology at the University of Pennsylvania in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the topic of this discussion is going to be a very interesting uh, manuscript that was sent to our journal uh, by Demetrius and his group titled The Role of Immunotherapy for Lymph Node Positive Vulvar Melanoma, Utilization and Outcomes. Demetrius, welcome to the podcast once again. Thank you. Thank you for, for your invitation. Well, Demetrius, uh, we have uh, quite a number of questions, uh, including some of our fellows, and um, want to get started by... Um, asking you if you can tell us why you thought that investigating immunotherapy in the setting of vulvar melanoma was an important topic to evaluate in gynecologic oncology. Yeah, so vulvar melanoma is a rare gynecologic tumor, a generally considered subgroup of mucosal melanoma. Unfortunately, given its rarity, management is usually extrapolated from either patients with squamous cell carcinoma of the vulva or from those with cutaneous uh, or mucosal melanoma. Given the poor outcomes of these patients uh, who have locally advanced or distant disease, there's an urgent need for novel treatment options. And immunotherapy has actually been successfully introduced in the management of patients with cutaneous melanoma, and its use is currently extrapolated to those with vulvar melanoma. However, recent data suggests that the molecular profile and tumor microenvironment of vulvar melanoma may differ from that of cutaneous and mucosal melanoma. For example, vulvar melanoma expresses less PDL1 and is less likely to have high TMB. A such or study aimed to evaluate the utilization and the outcomes of immunotherapy among patients with lymph node positive vulvar melanoma. So, Demetrius, what was your methodology for this study and how did you define adjuvant immunotherapy? Yeah, so we used the National Cancer Database which is a national database that covers approximately uh, 60 to 80% of all newly diagnosed cancer cases in the United States. Uh, and we identified patients that were diagnosed between 2004 and 2015 with a pathologically confirmed vulvar melanoma. Uh, we excluded those who had distant metastasis and focused only those who had inguinal lymph nodes metastasis based on pathology reports and had at least one month of follow-up. Adjuvant immunotherapy we defined as immunotherapy received within six months from surgery, uh, and that was our definition uh, for 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 the study. It's quite broad and and may include also patients who unfortunately may have recurrence very soon after surgery. Excellent. So uh, before we get into all of the detailed questions, uh, tell us about the main results of the study. Uh, what are some of the main take-home messages you want our audience to uh, to uh, understand? Yeah, so we identified a total of 300 patients. So that, first of all, underlines the rarity of this clinical scenario. So we had 300 patients over a span of almost 11, 11 years across the whole United States. Uh, and the rate of immunotherapy used in this patient population was 25%, approximately 75 patients. On the other hand, chemotherapy and radiation therapy were rarely utilized. Uh, only 9% of patients had chemotherapy and 15% of patients had radiation therapy. Patients who received immunotherapy were younger, uh, approximately 58 years, median age 58 years compared to 70 years for those who did not, and they were less likely to have comorbidities. So 
the baseline demographic characteristics were a little bit different between those who did uh, receive immunotherapy. However, the two groups were comparable for other important pathologic risk factors, such as breast low thickness, tumor ulceration, margin status, and tumor size. When they would look at the survival outcomes, we did not see any difference in overall survival between patients who did and did not receive immunotherapy. The median overall survival was 31 months versus 22.7 months. And even after control for confounders or stratified for clinical status of lymph nodes, we didn't see a survival benefit. Uh, Interestingly, again, the extent of lymphadenectomy was not associated with a survival benefit, while a small group of patients who had sentinel lymph node biopsy alone did not have worse survival compared to those who had full inguinal lymphadenectomy. Um, and these, these were the main uh, results of our, of our study. Well, now, Demetrius, I mean, you, you were once a, a fellow in our journal, and uh, some, some of the questions from the fellows can be Somewhat challenging sometimes. So we'll start with a question uh, this time from Giuseppe Caruso. And he says, the use of pembrolizumab with concurrent chemoradiotherapy has recently shown promising results in high-risk, locally advanced cervical cancer. Is it possible that looking at adjuvant immunotherapy alone is not the way to go and that we need to look at combination strategies before concluding that immunotherapy has no role in the adjuvant setting? Yeah, so I mean, our study is, uh, is hypothesis generating. I mean, we cannot reach the conclusion that immunotherapy has no role in the management of uh, vulvar melanoma. But, and indeed, the keynote uh, study with cervical cancer did so promising results, even though specific details have not been published yet. Uh, and uh, combinational strategies, as, such as dual immunotherapy or combination with immunotherapy with other targeted agents, as TKIs or anti BGF or radiation therapy could potentially provide therapeutic avenue for a subgroup of patients with vulvar melanoma and should be explored further in the future. Of course, uh, main limitations is the rarity of the tumor and the lack of preclinical models uh, to support these combinations. However, there are small retrospective studies that combine radiation therapy with immunotherapy and they have reported some encouraging results. But there is, there is much more to do study and perform uh, trials in this patient population. Yeah, and getting back to the topic of uh, role of lymphadenectomy, Guido Rey from Argentina is asking, the extent of lymphadenectomy was not associated with overall survival supporting omission of full lymphadenectomy in stage three vulvar melanoma. Would this include patients with clinically positive nodes? Yeah, that's a good question. We we do not have as granular data, uh, meaning we don't have as many much information about the clinical lymph node status for all the cohorts. And in our study, the patients who had clinically positive lymph nodes were actually a very small subgroup. So we're talking about even further smaller po patient population. As such, their all results should be interpreted with caution. But if we extrapolate from cutaneous melanoma literature, actually removal of clinically enlarged lymph nodes, if feasible and not associated with significant morbidity, is recommended. So we cannot say we should omit lymphadenectomy in patients with clinically positive nodes. And I think on a related topic, Giuseppe Cucinella asked, an important finding is that the extent of lymphadenectomy was not associated with overall survival. How do you explain these results? Unfortunately, we do not know the type of lymph node metastases, such as micro versus macrometastases. But in the hypothesis of having a macrometastasis, can you safely omit full lymphadenectomy? 
Yeah, so for patients with cutaneous melanoma and a positive sentinel lymph node, there are three prospective randomized phase three trials, such as MSLT1 and 2, that did not demonstrate universal improvement in melanoma-specific survival or overall survival among patients who underwent immediate completion lymphadenectomy compared to those who had closed nodal uh, basin ultrasound surveillance. While completion lymphadenectomy may provide additional prognostic information, it is also associated with increased perioperative morbidity, wood complications, lymphedema. And actually in the MSLT2 uh, trial, among 800 patients with lymph node positive sentinel lymph nodes who underwent immediate completion lymph node dissection, the rate of lymph node, non-sentinel lymph node metastasis was only 11%. Uh, in a subgroup analysis based on the sentinel lymph node tumor burden, uh, they could not find a specific patient cohorts that derive significant melanoma-specific survival uh, from completion lymph node dissection. However, we do have to underline that in this trial, the observation group did receive very frequent and careful evaluation with serial nodal ultrasounds approximately every three months. Uh, so there was a very strict protocol that had needed to be followed. And in addition, in both trials, approximately 66% of the patients had micromets. So these results should be interpreted with caution when we extrapolate to patients with uh, vulvar melanoma. Very well. Uh, so now going on to a slightly bit of different uh, line of approach, Matt Wager from the University of Wisconsin says, new evidence suggests that neoadjuvant immunotherapy prior to surgical resection improves survival in melanoma. As data evolves regarding this rare cancer, is there a role for immunotherapy for a certain subset of patients at a different point in their treatment course? Yeah, that's actually an excellent question. I mean, for patients with extensive uh, clinically evident nodal disease or in transit disease or high risk for metastatic progression, uh, these patients do may benefit from neoadjuvant immunotherapy. There are multiple clinical trials evaluating this approach for cutaneous melanoma, and some data suggests that there are, may be improved oncological outcomes. For, for example, a recently published phase two trial uh, that did enroll patients with clinically detectable measurable disease that was amenable to surgical resection. They gave neoadjuvant uh, Pembro for three doses and then surgery, and then another 15 doses of Pembro. Uh, and patients who were randomized to neoadjuvant immunotherapy had better two-year event-free survival and no increased treatment-related adverse events. Uh, and among uh, that group, 6% had a complete response and 41% had actually partial response. Uh, but unfortunately, only four patients in that trial were uh, mucosal melanoma that can limit its applicability for patients with vulvar melanoma. And that turns back again to the rarity of the tumor and the lack of clinical trials in this specific uh, disease. Uh, and in addition, there's no consensus in the melanoma literature regarding the recommended agents, the duration of neoadjuvant treatment, afterwards, what extent of surgery is needed and what agents can be should be used for adjuvant treatments. And we have to also keep in mind that responses based on metastatic and recurrent disease, the response of immunotherapy for mucosal melanoma may not be as high as those observed for cutaneous melanoma. Uh, for example, there was a pooled analysis of 86 patients uh, with mucosal melanoma that received new follow-up in various trials. 
and the objective response was 23% compared to 41% for those with cutaneous melanoma. And the same was true for when they analyzed the keynote trials and uh, had patients with mucosal melanoma who uh, had a response of 19%. So we have to understand that mucosal melanoma and vulnerable melanoma may have a different biology compared to cutaneous melanoma where most of this literature is coming from. Very well. And that actually takes us to uh, a different time point. Uh, Giuseppe Cucinella is asking about recurrent disease. He asks, in the study, adjuvant immunotherapy was not associated with survival benefit. Given the indication for immunotherapy in vulvar cancer recurrence after failure of first-line treatment, do you see a role for immunotherapy, at least in the case of recurrent vulvar melanomas? Yeah, when, when, when we treat rare disease like, like vulvar melanoma, we need to keep all uh, our options and be open. Uh, outcomes of traditional cytotoxin chemotherapy for advanced or recurrent vulvar melanoma are quite modest. And immunotherapy may provide a potential therapeutic avenue for a subgroup of patients. There's a retrospective review that identified uh, approximately 20 patients that received immune checkpoint inhibitors for in recurrent setting or metastatic, and they did see a response, objective response rate of 30%, a clinical benefit rate of 50%. Uh, so that means that there is a subgroup that would benefit uh, from immunotherapy in the recurrent or metastatic setting. And there is an urgent need for studies to identify biomarkers that could aid in identifying that specific group. So great. This is a segue to the next question. Uh, Seda Sahin Acker from Turkey, she says, is the examination of genomic biomarkers in vulvar melanoma useful in terms of immunotherapy? Should we apply it to every patient? Yeah, as, as with other rare gynecologic tumors that have limited treatment options, uh, routine somatic testing is actually encouraged. Uh, results can actually identify patients with potentially actionable mutations and uh, guide uh, targeted agent uh, treatment or enrollment in basket trials. For example, presence of CKID mutations might indicate benefit from TKIs, while patients with PRAF V600 mutations may benefit from the combination of defractinib and trametinib. Also, NRAS, NRAS mutations may respond to MEK inhibitors as, such as cobimetinib, and rarely you can find NR NTRK fusions or ROS1 fusions and these patients may hugely benefit from specific agents like crizotinib or uh, larotrectinib. Uh, pre presence, as I said, of uh, uh, other actionable mutations can guide off-label use of target or compassionate use of targeted agents or inclusion in basket trials. And in regards to immunotherapy biomarkers, unfortunately, the data from melanoma literature in general are not conclusive. Uh, even though TMB high has been uh, associated with response to immune checkpoint inhibitors, patients with TMB low can also derive a benefit. For uh, patients uh, with TMB low, responses could be low as 5%, 5 to 10% compared to 45% in TMB high, but still you may see patients responding. Similarly, for PDL1 negative cutaneous melanoma, there's still patients that can derive benefit in pooled, uh, in pooled analysis with nivolumab or pembrolizumab single agent responses were approximately 20%. Um, there, is, there is difficulty in identifying potentially clinically useful predicted biomarkers for immunotherapy, given the complexity of biology and interaction with uh, the immune system. 
And there's, there's some experimental um, investigations with cancer immunograms, but this is still very early on. And you did mention PDL1, and uh, this next question from Giuseppe Caruso challenges you a little bit and then uh, says, in this study, patients were not stratified by PD1 or PDL1 status, which are well established predictive biomarkers for the efficacy of immune checkpoint inhibitors, among many others. In your opinion, in the era of biomarker driven therapies and precision oncology, can we really draw any valid conclusions or even hypotheses without this information in the study? Yeah, so unfortunately, we did not have information on biomarkers or specific genomic data in our study. The NCDB does not collect that data, and that's a major limitation. Uh, but as previously discussed, there's no prospectively validated biomarkers to identify patients with vulvar melanoma who would benefit from immunotherapy. And from the melanoma literature, responses to immunotherapy can also be seen in TMB low or PDL1 negative tumor. So to date, there's no specific biomarker that would predict response to immunotherapy. Very well. This question from Luigi Davitis asks, besides immunotherapy, what are the alternative adjuvant regimens for patients with vulvar melanoma with positive lymph nodes? Uh, yeah, so the current NCTN guidelines for management of vulvar melanoma with positive lymph nodes follow the respective guidelines for uh, cutaneous melanoma. And apart from immunotherapy with either Pembro or nivolumab, uh, the combination of dafactinib and trametinib is recommended for patients with who have a BRAF V600 activated mutation. Uh, and the NCCN guidelines that also list that radiation, adjuvant radiation, can also be considered for patients with high risk of regional recurrence, such as those with clinically positive lymph nodes, those with at least three positive lymph nodes or extracapsular extension. However, based on data from cutaneous melanoma literature, adjuvant radiation therapy at the nodal basins even though it may reduce the lymph node field recurrence, it does not improve progression-free or overall survival. So that's we have to keep in mind. Now, Demetrius, this question from Jorge Hegel in Venezuela, um, slightly different direction in terms of um, uh, novel therapeutics. He has tyrosine kinase inhibitors have been described as an option in recurrent and metastatic patients. Do you think it could be an adjuvant option in these patients with inguinal lymph node involvement? Yeah, so for uh, even though CKID mutations are uh, pretty rare in cutaneous melanoma, if they've been reported in up to 25% with vulvar patients for patients with vulvar melanoma, and they occur in multiple different hotspots across the gene, and the different mutations may differ in the sensitivity to KIT inhibitor therapy. For example, mutations in the exon 11 or 13 are in, are render the tumor sensitive to KIT inhibitors. But those with in the action uh, 17 uh, have minimal or no sensitivity to KIT uh, inhibitors. Today, there's no data to support TKIs uh, in the adjuvant setting, even for uh, cutaneous melanoma. However, TKIs like imatinib, sunitibid, nilotinibid uh, should be considered for patients that have CKID mutations in their recurrent or metastatic range uh, setting. And they do have responses that range to 16 to 30%. This next question also from Luigi Davitis. Uh, it's an interesting question, of course. Um, he says, you mentioned that given the rarity of vulvar melanoma, the management of these patients is extrapolated 
from that of patients with squamous cell carcinoma or mucosal melanoma? What would you suggest to improve the quality of evidence for vulvar melanoma? Yeah, apart from uh, it's it's difficult to conduct clinical trials specific for vulvar melanoma. It will require a lot of effort, a lot of international collaboration. And again, the numbers will not be high. And similar to uh, other uh, rare gynecologic tumors, it does need inter international collaboration across different countries. The creation of a prospective registry and a tumor bank uh, for patients with uh, vulvar melanoma could provide valuable data and tumor samples for translational studies. And that could also generate hypotheses for like small phase two trials. Uh, and further research is definitely needed to elucidate the immune microenvironment of vulvar melanoma and its identified genomic vulnerabilities that can be capitalized. Of course, it could be grouped, could be including basket trials with mucosal melanoma and derive uh, derive evidence from trials that include other mucosal melanomas. Uh, and that's another avenue. Excellent. Um, this question from Jorge Hegel is, uh, did you have any opportunity to evaluate toxicity associated with immunotherapy in this particular patient population? Yeah, unfortunately, we do, do not have quality of life data, toxicity data from NCDB. It's a very good point, uh, especially if we're using an intervention that we unsure about the, the, the benefit, but that's that's a limitation of our study. We didn't have any data on the on these endpoints. And and to follow up on that, what do you see as the main limitations of the study? Yeah, first of all, uh, it's it's a hypothesis generating study. It's based on retrospective data collected across multiple institutions. So there might there might be states or pathology misclassifications. Again, genomic and immunohistochemistry biomarkers uh, are not included. Uh, we don't know if any of the patients got other targeted agents like BRAF or MEK inhibitors. Uh, and then also there's, uh, given the retrospective nature, there's patient selection bias, uh, and there's no data on tumor relapse that could uh, help uh, aid us in analyze progression-free survival or patterns of recurrence. Uh, and even though we did have a large number, relatively large number of patients for a rare tumor, uh, our study may have been undepired to, to detect a statistically significant difference since only 25% of patients did receive adjuvant immunotherapy. Numerically, the median survival was, was better in the adjuvant immunotherapy, but it did not reach statistical significance. Now, Demetrius has a last question. We always ask, you know, what do we do with this data? Uh, this last question from Seda Sahinakar says, uh, which patients um, should we be offering immunotherapy to in the setting of vulvar melanoma? Yeah, I mean, our study's hypothesis generating, you know, it's it's retrospective, it has a lot, a lot of uh, limitations. We do need more research with more granular data uh, to elucidate the role of adjuvant immunotherapy in lymph node positive disease. And that could be done with international collaborations where we can get a little more granular data with PFS, with other endpoints. Management of each patient with these rare tumors should be individualized and should take consideration specific risk factors, uh, surgical outcomes, as well as the overall functional status. And overall, immunotherapy does have a role in the management of these patients, especially for distant or recurrent disease, but we do not have specific biomarkers to identify which group will benefit the most. And in the adjuvant setting, as I said, it's a more individualized approach. 
And we do have data from the from the melanoma literature in general that may that demonstrate some benefits with adjuvant immunotherapy. So it's more a discussion with the patient and taking into consideration all the risk factors uh, for that specific case. Well, Dimitri, it's always such a pleasure speaking with you. Always learn so much, and you're uh, very, very informative. And in on this particular topic. Uh, which is, of course, obviously a rare disease. So we thank you for doing the work. Congratulations to you and all the co-authors, and thank you for submitting into our journal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, selecting to highlight our research.